Hello my fellow survivors, victims and practitioners of recreational violence. This is the Surviving White Belt Podcast. Your shoulder to cry on after the 200 pound gym buddy has been cross-facing you for 5 minutes straight. Your crutch to lean on when that skinny blue belt has been leg-locking you again and again every time he could find your foot. But most importantly, it's your place to ask questions, share stories and realize that you're not the only one struggling. The goal of Surviving White Belt is to help you stay on the path and enjoy the beauty of Jiu-Jitsu. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 8 of the Surviving White Belt podcast, and today we are going to talk about goal setting. Whether you just want to turn off your head after a hard day of work, or you want to be an actual world champion competitor, at some point, even the least ambitious grappler will find themselves in a situation where they will want to figure out how to approach their very own jiu-jitsu career. When I'm talking about a career, I don't mean for it to be necessarily successful or glorious when it comes to competition or fame. But it should be successful and enjoyable for yourself. And since it takes a lot of effort to progress and it's supposed to last a long time, I think it very well does compare to a career after all. So what is goal setting in general and how can it be implemented into Jiu-Jitsu? Goal setting is used in different scenarios, be it in business, sports or life in general. The term of goal setting theory was first coined by American psychologist Edwin Locke in 1968. Locke differentiates between simple and realistic goals. The more relevant type of goals for sports, and therefore also our jiu-jitsu practice, is the approach of realistic goal setting. In order to set realistic goals, we need to make sure that they are achievable within a specific time frame and with the resources that are available to us. These goals can be categorized into long, mid and short-term goals. Long-term goals will usually be outcome-oriented, like winning a tournament or achieving the next belt rank. Even though the example with the belt is a tricky one, as oftentimes you won't be really able to influence this outcome directly, but it can serve as an overall goal that allows you to stay motivated for a longer time frame. Of course, if your long-term goal is to get a blue belt and your whole motivation is directed at this goal, what happens once you actually get that belt? Might be that you're going to be one of those blue belts who never shows up again after they got promoted. I get that belts can seem important, and they sure did for me for the longest time too. But in the end, the goal should be to progress continuously and for a long time. So if you have to pick a belt for a long-term goal, make it the black one. Because that's going to make sure that you will be staying in the game for quite a while. Especially in the beginning, it would make more sense to stick to mid- and short-term goals, because you will be able to experience success much more frequently. And as we've already covered in previous episodes, it is really important to get those micro-wins, because these are motivating and they will help you to come back again and again, even through struggle. A mid-term goal, for example, would be to train 2-3 to three times per week for the next 3 months. Once reached, you can think about keeping it at the same frequency and just expanding the time frame or to increase the training times per week. Another midterm goal 
would be to develop a guard game that you're comfortable with even against heavier opponents. Developing a good close guard game was probably my first midterm goal, I would say. Even though I don't think that I actively set that goal for myself, it's something that I had to develop in order to survive and keep practicing. With everybody being bigger and stronger than me, it was unrealistic to aim at having a great mount game right from the get-go. So the more realistic goal was to develop a good guard that would allow me to take a rest from tough scrambles, but also to create dangers from a position in which I felt safe in. So I started really working on my front triangle from close guard. And up until today, it's still my favorite and most effective submission, simply because I've done it so many times and I trust it to work against pretty much anybody if they're not careful. Also Bruce Lee said, I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks once, but I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. So I think it's really important to find your kind of game or one of your attacks that you're really comfortable with and just do it over and over again until you have really perfected it. Of course, that doesn't mean that you have to stick to one move throughout the first few years of training, but make sure that whenever you can find it, just apply it. So after really learning the front triangle, I started doing it from the mount. Then I continued to do it from the back, and now I'm trying to implement all the different sorts of triangles from both sides and all sorts of positions. This is an example of how a midterm goal kept on extending and would always change a little bit, eventually even becoming more of a long-term side mission. When it comes to short-term goals, these are the ones that should be constantly adapted. In the close guard example, it would be to learn how to execute a front triangle properly, once that works somewhat decently, perfecting it will become a mid or even long-term goal, and the new short-term goal could be to react to the most common triangle counters. For me, the first one was the dummy sweep. Once opponents learned that my triangle was dangerous, they would start posturing and standing up. In the beginning, I would hold onto my triangle until I got smashed, ended up in side control, and ultimately getting mauled, just because I didn't have any other options. After enough punishment, I realized that I needed an alternative. So when people stood up, I would grab both of their legs and sweep them. Once I managed that often enough, I had to figure out what to do from there on, and so on. And that is really the cool thing about the beginning of Jiu-Jitsu. There is so much to learn relatively quickly because the amount of techniques you don't know is just so vast. Of course, it also sucks as basically every other position is a death trap that you don't know how to escape from, but that's why setting goals is so important. Learn the techniques that you're shown in class. Try them, repeat them, but also work on your own stuff. Figure out what your biggest issues are during sparring and start working on one or two at a time. Get into the position to practice that specific set of techniques, either by asking your partner to start with you from there, or just get there by following the natural chain of events and get there how you always do, which, depending on the scenario, might be more or less fun, than just starting in a certain position right away. In the beginning, I would definitely recommend to make positional escapes your top priority. But because you will also have smaller, weaker and less experienced partners, also try to work on your attacks a little bit and try to focus on one proper technique from the top. Like a gift wrap from side control or mount that will allow you to take the back. By focusing on one specific set of techniques, you will understand which reactions to expect and after a while you will have to learn how to deal with them as well. This way you will naturally develop your short-term goals. The only thing you need to do is to have one midterm objective in mind 
and by focusing on that, you will learn what you need to do in order to master it, or at least get decent at it. Beginners sometimes ask me to show them some submissions they've seen on YouTube or Instagram. And while I think it's really cool that they are hooked to jiu-jitsu and want to develop their game, usually I would then show them some basic, high percentage move from the same position to focus on first that also works for me. I really don't judge here, because I was the same. But my better training partners have shown me that having goals that will require me to focus on them for several weeks at a time will have the best long-term effect on my progression. Jiu-Jitsu is really complicated and there are countless positions and techniques to learn. I'm still struggling to make up my mind what I should focus on next and that's after 5 years of training. There are so many holes in my game that I don't even know where to start. The good thing is that there are always new people coming in that you can polish your old stuff on while you can also try out implementing new things. And then you go try it on the more experienced people or in competition and you'll see what works and what doesn't. Jiu-Jitsu is constant trial and error. Once you realize that and start using the feedback from sparring and from your coaches to work on a specific set of goals for yourself, you will be able to create a whole different kind of challenge and also an internal reward system for yourself, as you will not only rely on what the coaches are teaching in class and get your micro-wins from that, but also from your own little side quests. That's the way to keep yourself challenged and motivated while following a path of constant progression. The sooner you start actively figuring out your own goals, the quicker you will be able to see progress. If you don't know where to start, just ask your coaches and training partners. Usually, it's really appreciated when you put in the effort outside of the mat, and the more time you put into working on yourself, the more others will be willing to invest in you too. You have to understand that people who have been training Jiu-Jitsu for several years have probably seen hundreds of people come and go, so it can really take some time and will probably require some visible and continuous effort from your side for them to start investing in you. But once you've earned that trust, you've really got an ally and maybe even made a friend. Just make sure to continue showing up and be open to feedback. So yeah, we've come to the end of this episode. As always, thank you for listening. Please share this podcast with your friends. Please also follow Surviving Wild Belt on Instagram. And tune in for the upcoming episode when we will be talking about finding a balance between jiu-jitsu and all of your other obligations in life. Goodbye and until next time. <laughs>